Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you became one with us in our spirits because we were joined to the Lord. We just want to bless you, we want to honor you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for open hearts and open minds to receive and to understand. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for the eyes of the understanding. Let it be enlightened with truth so that we can make it our own and manifest it in our body dimension. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of truth that will lead us in the whole truth. Thank you for your word. We bless you. Thank you, Father. Amen. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I preached on oneness. I don't know if there's anybody here that haven't heard the message. Can I see? Okay, uh, so this is basically the follow-up on that. So if you having trouble with this one, go back to that one. It's available on SoundCloud. Okay, you can listen to it. I feel it's a very important subject. This is what God is saying now. And um, you will find that suddenly a lot of people are talking about it because that's what's on heart, God's heart at the moment. Okay? God wants us to realize that we are one with him. And it's a message that's been there for thousands of years. But uh, we didn't take that message um, seriously enough so that we can walk in the fullness. And God wants us to understand it uh, so that we can start walking in that fullness. Okay, so tonight I want to um, talk about more about the presence of God, but from a oneness perspective. And uh, as I was preparing this message, I asked the Lord, what must I preach about tonight? And he said to me, talk about practicing my presence. Practicing my presence. So what I did is I took a piece of paper and a pen and I started writing, because that's how I always do it. So I had to write the heading at the top, and I wrote down practicing his presence and he said to me no that's not what I said I said practicing my presence you wrote practicing his presence I said Lord what's the difference he says the difference is if you are in oneness it's practicing my presence if you are in separateness you are practicing his presence so I want you to change your mind and your thinking because you need to flow and live from that position we are co-seated together with Christ in oneness at the right hand of the Father. Okay, so we need to change our minds because that is our problem. Our minds are still functioning in the old way because we have a certain set way of thinking and God wants to change that. And that's why Jesus came to change our minds. God wants you to understand that nothing new is going to happen until you change your mind. And it's an exercise. It's something you must practice. Okay, so something that uh, God's going to do. God's not going to change your mind. There needs to be a willingness from you where you come in His presence and say, Father, here I am. Fill me. Fill my thoughts. Fill my mind with what you want to put in here. You know, if you have a, if you have a, a garden and you sow some seeds in it, whatever you sow in there will grow. 
And you go with a clean garden to God and say, Father, please sow what you want to sow. The ground doesn't decide what it wants to have. It's the Father that decides. But the ground needs to be available for that seed. So that's why I'm calling it practicing my presence. And when I'm referring to, to, to my presence, I'm not talking about Andre's presence. I'm talking about the presence of the Father in whom we live and move and have our being. In that oneness. Understand? You need to change your mind, please. You need to start thinking, you need to start thinking that way. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, God said to me, you know that I am omnipresent. Alomteenwoordig. So if God is omnipresent, it means there is no place where he is not. And he said to me, there is one place where he is not. And I said, Lord, what is that? He said to me, in man's mind, when man refuses to think about me. So you as man, or woman, or child of God, when you're not thinking of God, the presence is not there in your thinking. God wants us to think of Him continuously, all the time, the whole time, the whole day, even when you are doing whatever you are doing, washing the dishes, cutting the grass, working at your work, when you are busy there, make God part of your conversation, make God part of everything that you are doing. Because remember, you don't live. You've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. Galatians 2.20 So when are we going to allow Him to live through us, to think through us, to speak through us, to work through us? Jesus says in John 14, verse 10 says, that the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, He does the works. And Jesus says, I of myself can do nothing, John 5.30 and then he says in John 10, 30, that I and my Father, we are one. So he's saying that everything that I do, I do because the Father is actually doing it through me. All I do is, be, is being available so that God can speak in my mind, speak in me. He speaks in your spirit, then it goes to your mind, and then manifests in your body. So God wants your mind. He has your spirit. Your spirit and God's spirit is already one. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Your spirit belongs to him. Your spirit is seated at the right hand of the Father. It's already there. You are co-raised and co-seated. Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 6. You are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. But where is your mind at? That's why Paul comes in Colossians 3. He says, now, if you have been raised then with Christ, set your mind on the things above. Now that you have been raised... Because where are you seated? At the right hand of the Father, in Christ, in the Father. He says, Colossians 3.1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So the word for set, in verse 2, he says, set your mind. Set. God is not saying, I will set your mind. God says, set your mind. Have you got something to do? Listen, I'm not talking about your salvation. God sorted out your salvation. That's, that's His work. 
but, but renewing your mind and, and bring, coming to the place where you grow to full spiritual maturity and growing up in Him, there's some responsibility on your part to allow that to happen. Alright. Now, listen to this. He says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. If anything troubles you, if anything is difficult, if anything is not from God, guess what? It's not from above. It's from the earth. Because above, none of that exists. So if you have a problem, it is because your mind is not above. It's not set on the things above. Your mind is set on something below. And you will cry and you will moan and groan and complain and tell God this is wrong and that is wrong and nothing is going to happen because God wants you to first set your mind on things above, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything will be added unto you. Change your mind. Right? Put your mind on God. Now the word set in the Greek language is the, is the word phroneo. Phroneo means to exercise the mind. To exercise the mind. That's the literal translation of the word. If you ask any Greek, what does phroneo mean? Exercise your mind. So exercise your mind. How, do you, how would you exercise your mind? How do you exercise normally when you do anything? You repeat the same thing over and over again. Do you, do you remember? Is there anybody here tonight? Thank you. So how do you remember? How do you, how do you get something? If you want to remember something, you repeat it. Okay? You know, uh, I studied at UNISA once. And... Uh, do you know what uh, the motto of UNISA is? Repetitio mater studiorum est. That's Latin. It means um, repetition is the mother of study. Okay. In other words, if you repeat something, you will remember. And that's what the word phroneo means. It means exercise your mind on things. Keep on thinking about something. If you repeat it, you will remember it. If you get your mind... If you repeat it enough times, you will find that you will default to that thought, uh, way of thinking. Now, the first thing that happens if you get bad news, everybody goes, <gasps> and we start thinking a lot of negative thoughts, because that's the way we were wired. That's the way we grew up. But the first thought that should come into your mind is God's presence. And I've disciplined my mind. You can discipline your mind. Why can I discipline my mind? Because 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says um, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. And it says there that you can take every thought captive into submission. You can take every thought captive and bring it into captivity to, to make it obedient to your spirit. So if you find it difficult for your mind to be exercised on something, take your thoughts captive. Because if you, if you pray and your thoughts are going haywire, because that's happening with a lot of people, they can't pray for 10 minutes. Because after the fifth minute, they are thinking of Sarkis' schoene and pizza pipe and all the good. We need to 
focus on God and, and set our minds on the things above. Exercise your mind on the things above. Because the things above are the things that will manifest in your life. But if you think on the things on the earth, those things will keep on manifesting in your life. Whatever you fill your mind with will grow and manifest through your field into this realm. So set your mind on the things above. To be actively thinking about something. So train your mind to not look at the things that's happening on the outside. Because you know where is above. Above is not there, up in the sky. Because on the other side of the planet, that's down. Okay? Where is up? Where is above? It's inside of you. It's a higher dimension inside of you. It's called the kingdom of God. Luke 17, 21 says, uh, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. Don't look here or there because the kingdom of God is within you. That is above. That's a higher dimension. That's where God dwells inside his kingdom. That's where Jesus went when he went up to God, when he was um, when he went to above. He went inside in the kingdom. And that's where he will come and appear from because we are the clouds where he will appear in. Train your mind by exercising to go inward, which is above. It's inside of you guys. You know what you can call that? Um, uh, many years ago, I remember, I was preaching at Nikus uh, Church in Verenigung. Uh, I said something one night. I'll never forget it. Because the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly that night. And he said to me, the spirit world inside of you is far greater than the natural world outside of you. And the Holy Spirit said to me the other day when he reminded me of that, he says, actually, your inner space is far greater than your outer space. So how far is outer space? But inner space is far greater. It transcends and surpasses outer space, inner space. There's a whole dimension inside of you the kingdom of God it's a dimension the natural man does not understand these things because they need to be spiritually discerned 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 to 16 you need to understand that it's a spiritual thing and the spirit realm is not limited by, by space or time now here's an interesting thing he said to me Andre you know that I'm omnipresent I said yes I know omnipresent Except in that thought, remember? When you don't think of him, he's not in that thought. But he said to me, I'm omnipresent. And because I'm omnipresent and because you are in me and I am in you, you can be wherever I am at a given moment if you can accept that you are one with me and if you know that I am omnipresent. That is how transportation in the Spirit happens. When you know you are one with God, and you realize God is here and God is there but I am in God and because God is here and God is there I can be there in an instant because there's no space in the spirit there's no time in the spirit in one moment you can be here like Elijah the next moment you can be on top of the mountain 
One moment Philip is preaching, the next moment he's in Asdot, different town. 26 miles in a second. Okay? Jesus walking on the water in the middle of the lake. The lake is about 14 miles in width. Walking in the middle of the lake on the water. The moment he puts his foot in, inside the boat, you can read that in John chapter 6. The moment he puts his foot inside the boat, the next moment the boat is at the side. There's no space. Jesus lived from that realm of constant awareness of the presence of God. In the presence of God, there's no sickness, there's no lack, there's no death, there is no such thing in the presence of God. Okay? So Jesus lives in the presence of God and there's no limitations in terms of natural laws and all of that because Jesus comes and he walks on water that defies natural laws. He, he silences the storm. The, the, the Greek says he muted the storm. The original word says he, he, um, he told the storm to shut up. Stop speaking to me, storm. Because that's what's happening. You know, when, when you get something negative from the bank manager or from SARS or from somebody that can rattle your life, when you get, get something negative, it is speaking to you. Now, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the presence of God, who, who is the creator of all things, or are you listening to that voice that, that's trying to make you believe the lie? If you believe in God's word, you will say, the presence of God is here. It's the only thing that matters. I'm practicing the presence of God. I'm not practicing a mind filled with negative things. I'm practicing the presence of God. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who wants to be transformed or transfigured? Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. And his face started shining like the sun and his clothes became white as light. He actually came to show us what we are like in the Spirit. If you can see yourself in the Spirit, that's what you look like. He manifested in the natural so that we could see it. But if we don't believe it here in our minds, it cannot come through because, you know, everything that's in the Spirit... All the blessings and everything that's here in the spirit can only manifest in the natural realm, the body realm, through our minds. Because if you don't believe it in your mind, if it doesn't become a reality in your thoughts, it's not possible. How can you believe without thinking? How will you do that? It's impossible. God created your spirit in absolute perfection. And inside your spirit, he put the fullness of the Godhead. Everything is in there. Everything that you need, everything that you will ever need in future, is already given to you. In a realm where time doesn't exist. When you think you can ask God for something today, it was already given. 
Because God's works, Hebrews 4 verse 3 says God's works were finished from the foundation of the world. He did it back then. Because he knew you were going to ask it. Because he's not limited by time. Because God is spirit. You are also spirit. It was given back then, before time began. He gave it to you. But it only materializes in this natural realm when my mind receives it. So how do my mind receive it? Well, exercising my mind on the things above actually opens my mind to receive from above. Then it can happen in my body realm, my body dimension. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And thoughts, thoughts are the key. What are you thinking? When you get some bad information or a bad call or somebody is calling you with bad news, what are you thinking? Can I tell you what you should do? You should just, for a moment, for a split second, just stop and say, thank you, Father, for your presence. Because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in the presence of the Lord, there is no sickness and death and calamity and all bad things. But the fullness of God is there. But we forget who we are in Him and we forget who God is. Because this problem that we face is so big in our carnal minds that we cannot see the greatness of God. A mind filled with the presence of God can release to the body, to the body realm that which is in the kingdom realm. God's desire is for you to, to be aligned and subjected to His will. Inner space is God's reality. Outer space is man's reality. Now let me show you something. If you look at outer space from God's perspective, if you sit at the right hand of the Father in that inner space, in the kingdom of God, and you, looked at, and you look at earth, which is outer space, it looks different. But if you are on earth and you look at earth, that is what we see when we look out there. One day God took me in the spirit, and I was in a, in a forest with the most amazing trees, and um, there was no no dead leaves, no dead grass, no dead anything. Everything was alive. Everything was absolutely perfect. Everything was in absolute perfection. And I could see trees. It was so high, I couldn't see the top of the trees. And it was, it was amazing. And I said to the Lord, what is this? And he says, this is earth as I created it. And I said, but that's not what we see. He says, yes, but you're looking for, from a fallen mindset. You're looking at my earth through a carnal mind. Because the only thing that changed is your mindset. So now you see earth and you believe earth is like this. And then when you believe earth is like that, then you experience it like that. But if you see it from my perspective, from where we are seated right under the Father, you see the perfection. Now can you just imagine for one moment, if you see the earth and you look how beautiful everything is. I mean, everybody has seen the beauty of earth. In the Western Cape especially. When you see the beauty of that, can you for one moment imagine what it 
what it is like without death. No dead twigs, no dead leaves, no dead grass, no dead anything. Just perfect life. Never a dead tree. Nothing stops. A tree doesn't grow old and die. It just goes on. It's just perfection. I'm telling you, everything is perfect. Now God wants us to come into that awareness of His presence. God will manifest His kingdom in our world, but He needs your mind to be the mind of Christ by practicing my presence, says God. I want you to practice my presence, then my kingdom will manifest on this earth. If you don't believe me, if you look at Revelation, He says there that all the kingdoms of the, this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Because God wants to put His kingdom in this world and fill every kingdom. Okay? So it's going to, to manifest here on earth. I need to be constantly immersed into God's reality. You know, God's reality is inner space. Our reality is outer space. But the outer space must be influenced by our inner space. So the outer space can become as it really is. And it happens when my mind is renewed. When we look with the mind of Christ at stuff, it's different when we look with the carnal mind at stuff. Okay. So we need to be immersed into God's reality. God's reality. Okay. Why is that important? Why is God's reality important? Because God's reality, in His reality, sickness that does not exist. In God's reality, death does not exist. Would anybody like that? If that becomes your reality. Well, it is true. But how can I get there? By exercising my mind on the things above. Now listen, he, he says you need to be baptized or immersed, because that's what the word immersed is. It's the word baptized. Baptized uh, into God's reality. There's a complete Jewish Bible, the translation of Matthew 28 verse 19. It reads like this. He says, therefore go and make people from all nations into Talmudim, which is, which is um, disciples, immersing them. Listen, immersing. Now, immerse is a Greek word. It's a word that we translate it as, as baptize them. Okay? But the word is immersing, baptizu in Greek. Baptizu. Them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh. Let me read from the beginning. He said, therefore, go and make people from all nations into Talmudim, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit. I want you to be immersed into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what baptism is all about. Because the word that was used for baptism is the word baptizu, not the word baptu. There are two different words for baptize in Greek. Okay? And, we, and the word that's used is baptizu, and it has a different meaning to, to baptu. Now, to explain the, the value or, or the real meaning of this word, a lot of um, the ancient masters are using a specific uh, piece of literature from uh, 200 BC that was written by a guy called Nicander. Nicander was a Greek poet and a Greek physician. 
and he wrote a specific article on how to create the perfect um, cucumber pickles. And in that thing, he actually used both the words baptu, and remember he was a Greek, he used the word baptu and baptizu in the, in the same piece of literature, and it fully explains actually what it meant back then. And I'm going to show you what it is. The word baptu means to dip into and take it out. Okay? That's baptu. And if you do it with a cucumber, it actually seals the cucumber. You put it in, uh, in hot water and you take it out when you want to make uh, cucumber pickles, remember? So you put it in hot water and then you take it out and then it's sealed. But when you want to complete the process, you take that pickle and you baptizu it. And you put it inside vinegar and you leave it inside the vinegar until that cucumber is so infused with the character of the vinegar that it is put into that when you take it out, it's never the same. So when God says, I want to baptize you into the reality of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it didn't mean to just dip you in water and take you out. He said, I want to immerse you into the reality of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because if you are immersed, how will you get immersed? Well, you must spend time there. So if I want the presence of God to infuse me, so that when I go somewhere, other people will realize I have been in the presence of God, spend time in the presence of God. And if I'm in His presence, you know, everything looks different. Suddenly, your problems isn't there. Suddenly, your sickness isn't there. Nothing else matters. It's just His presence. I just want that presence. I just want that, Father, I just want your presence. You know what He told me? What is the greatest thing that you can ask me for when you enter my presence? Not all the things that you want. It's okay to ask for things that you want, okay? Don't get me wrong. It's fine. There's a time for that. But we are at the Sonship Camp. And God is growing us to perfection, to the full stature of Christ. That people can experience God when they come in contact with you. So, if I get a brand new Mercedes, am I more holy now? Will people experience the presence of God more? Not necessarily. But, there's nothing wrong with that. Because God wants to bless you. And it's okay. I write you little children, because your sins are forgiven, and you know the Father. I write you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one, and you abide in my word. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. There's a difference. And God says, Andre, you will always, always be all those three. You will always be a child and a young man and a father. Some people are just a child, but as you grow, you become more. You become 
a young man and then you become a father. But you know what happens when you become a father? You're not focused on the material things. Because you don't need to ask for it, it will follow you. It will come. Because in His presence is His glory. And my God will fulfill all of your needs in the riches of His glory. So where the glory of God is, everything is given and I don't need anything else. I don't need to ask for something. You know, um, it's an insult actually to think that God doesn't know what you need. Because God is omniscient. That's why He says, do not take no thought of what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. If Jesus says, take no thought, He says you shouldn't be meditating on the things that you need. Take no thought. What is he saying? Your father knows what you need. So what should we be focused on? Practicing my presence. I should be focused on his presence. Because it's not presence, it's presence. I want to be in his presence. And I don't care about the presence. But God cares about it. But he likes to give it to me when I first seek the kingdom. And then all these things shall be added unto you. Because he says there, you know, where he says, take no thought of these things. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, interesting thing about the young, the, uh, um, when he's talking about the children, he's saying, children, I write to you because your sins are forgiven. This is in 1 John 2 verse 12 to 14. Children, I write to you because your sins are forgiven. And many people have just stopped there. They just, they just stopped there. It's all about the sins that must be forgiven. And that's the children. Because it's never something more. They haven't grown past that. It's just your sins is forgiven. And you know the Father, yes, because you have met Him. You know the Father. But then there's something interesting in the next verse, in the verse, verse 13. He says, I write to you, young men, because... I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. So if the young men have overcome the wicked one, it means they're not fighting him anymore. So who's fighting the wicked one? The children. So if you want to keep on doing the warfare thing, you keep on making a confession that you are a child. God wants you to grow past that. Because once you know him who is from the beginning, I'm talking about when you're not functioning in time, when you are aware of the fact that you know God from the beginning, nothing of anything else matters. And nothing can touch you, nothing can come near you. Because in that dimension, where God is revealed like that, there's no darkness. There is no enemy. There is nothing to fight. There is no sickness. There is no death. There is no lack. None of that. And sometimes we are children for a moment when we are in a certain circumstance. And sometimes we are young men. And sometimes we are fathers. But God wants us to grow up to the full stature. So that we can be overcomers over every other thing. The main thing that we need to overcome is ourselves. 
our carnal mindsets, the way we are thinking, because that's really the big problem. The word immersing, baptizo, simply translated as baptized. The modern view of the word actually lost a lot of meaning. That's why we look at, at Nikander, what he said. Baptizo, to be infused with, to be immersed and to be infused with what you are put into. Okay. Now, let me tell you, this is not talking about your spirit, because your spirit is already one with him. It's talking about your thinking, your mindset. Your mind must go into God's presence. Your mind needs to go into that situation, into that inner room, into that place. God is waiting for you to enter into that inner room with your mind, with your consciousness. God is waiting for your mind to come into His presence because He really wants to influence you. He really wants to fill your mind. But you know, if my mind, my, my consciousness doesn't go into His presence, nothing can happen. So, let your mind stay on the things above. Set your mind on the things above. In Acts 4 verse 13, He says, Now when they saw that the boldness of Peter and John um, was on them and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. When did somebody realize that you have been with Jesus? When Peter came out of his room and he walked, Acts 5.15, he walked down the street, his shadow healed people. And the Greek word for, for overshadow, because his, his shadow overshadowed them, the word overshadow is episkiazo, and it means to, enveloped in, to be enveloped in a haze of brilliancy, which is the glory of God. So when he came out of the inner sanctuary, which is the spirit, he saw some room at the back of his house. His mind went into the inner parts, into inner space. And when he came out, the glory was flowing. Why? Because his mind was filled with the presence of God. I need to say something because it's important. Now Peter, in Acts 2 they are filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3, um, he's praying for the crippled man that was sit, sitting at the temple steps. He was sitting there for 40 years. And Peter said to this guy, in silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. So he prayed in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And then, um, because this guy was healed, they got in trouble, and they were locked up. And then God released them, supernaturally. And they came together to pray. And when they prayed, the place was shaken by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they came out of that, suddenly, um, they had new boldness. Something happened in the spirit. They had a new boldness. And they went out and they preached the word. And the ne very next chapter, chapter 5, Peter came out of his room and his shadow started healing people. Now he wasn't saying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because he knew who he was. Because he was in the presence. And when he was in the presence, there was a glory cloud that surrounded him. And when the glory surrounds you, and you go into a place, people will get healed. 
God said to me, one day you will walk into a hospital and everybody will get up and walk out. Not because you were there, but because God was there. But He was in you. Your awareness of His presence can manifest and change things. But you need to exercise your mind on the things above. If you don't exercise your mind, set your mind on the things above, those things will not happen. But you see, we are happy with... uh, going to church or coming to the camp and experiencing God for a while and then we go out and we go on with our normal life. But God wants us to experience Him 24-7. Continuously. Many years ago, I was, I was really in this close relationship with God. Very close. And my, my wife thought that I lost it. But a prophet came to me and said to me, Andre, God says that the presence will even intensify. It will become more and more and more to such an extent that um, you will ask God for a break. And I thought, no, I will never ask that. But I did. Because I couldn't pray. The moment I prayed, God became so present I couldn't function. If I pray for my food, it became a meeting. And the food would get cold because the presence of God was there and we couldn't continue. So I said, Lord, just give me a break. And he did for years. I think 15. And it was tough because I wanted that. I desired that so much. And about six weeks ago when he started speaking to me about oneness it came back and I said Lord I will never ask you to give me a break again but thank you for giving it back do you want that presence continuously I'm so scared of losing this but I, I realized that getting scared is, 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 is the wrong mindset. You shouldn't be scared of that. Because he will never leave you, never forsake you. He's always there, but that's in your spirit. But it's in your mind where the problem is. So if I keep on exercising my mind on his presence, it will continue. It will remain. Listen, it's more important than anything else you can do in life is his presence. Guard it with everything that you have. When the presence of God is somewhere, forget about the program. Because it's worth more than anything you can do or anything that you have planned. The presence of God is the most valuable thing that you can ever have in life. Nothing can compare with it. Because you can think, yeah, but I've got this thing to attend to. Listen, that is not as important as His presence. The moment you experience His presence, all those other things will just step in line. And it will come in line anyway. Because we were created to function from His presence. You were not created to function on your own. You were created so that God could express His life through you, through His presence. His fullness is in you. You can't pray for more of His fullness, you are already full. Colossians 2.10 says that the fullness of the Godhead indwells Him in bodily form and He is in us. That's Christ Jesus. That fullness is in you. No more of it can come. 
that fullness is already there. But my mind is the gateway for that to manifest through into my body. So the greatest thing that you can ask God for is something called grace. You know why? Because the word grace is charis. Charis, actually, in, in, in the, in the uh, Greek language. When you pronounce it correctly, it's charis. And charis means divine influence upon your heart. Divine influence upon your heart. Now, a child will go and say, Dad, I need this, I want this, and I want this and that, and all of that, and you know what? The father gives it. Because it's a good pleasure. It's a father's good pleasure to give it to them. But you know, when you grow up and you come into the place where his presence is more important than anything else, you just don't ask anything. You ask him, Father, please speak to me. What do you want to give me? Speak to me. You know, everything that we ask God and get is not always good for us. Let me give you an example. Let me use the example that um, Brother Undi used this morning. Hezekiah. Hezekiah in Afrikaans. Hezekiah. You know, Hezekiah, God told him, listen, Hezekiah, you're going to die. The prophet told him that. And he said, no, I don't want to die. Add 15 years to my life. Add time to my life. Because I have no son that was born to me. Eventually God said to him, okay, I'll give you a son. But that's not my perfect will. But I'll do it because you asked it. Because sometimes we ask stuff and God gives it, but it's not necessarily the best thing. That's why it's better to grow up in maturity and ask God what his will is. Do you know a son was born to Ischia in that 15 years that his life was extended? He got a son. The most evil king that Israel ever had. His name was Manasseh. It was him that took the prophet Isaiah with a saw. He sawed him with a saw from head right through in the middle in the temple of God. He killed the prophets of God. He killed Isaiah the prophet. That's how Isaiah died. So, if Hiskia did not ask, and it was not granted, Isaiah wouldn't have been killed by Manasseh, because Manasseh would have never lived. So my question is, should we ask the will of God and believe that He knows best? Or should we just do stuff. Listen, God can give you what you want. And I'm not against anything that anybody else preached at any time. I'm saying it's God's desire to give you what you ask. It is. But you know what's better? If you ask according to His will. If you ask a mess, you know what a mess is? In James 4 verse 3, he's talking about this. He's saying, if you ask a mess. But he says, you are asking, but you don't receive because you ask a mess. What is a mess? A mess is when you, we're not in the will of God. We ask something that is not the will of God. Okay. Jesus did nothing except what the Father told him. Remember that? 
Nothing. He said it. He said, I of myself can do nothing. It's the Father in me that does the works. That by itself explains to you that it's only the Father that worked through him. Nothing of himself. So let your mind stay on the things above. Now listen to this verse. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, he says, You will keep him in perfect peace. Anybody here that wants perfect peace? You know what perfect peace is? It's when nothing ever troubles you. Your peace, your peace is not disturbed by anything. Okay? You will keep him in perfect peace. Listen to this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I trust in God because, you know what? God knows best. So I trust God. Therefore, my mind will be in perfect peace. So it's okay. So thank you, Father. I'm just allowing God to be God in my life. You don't live. Remember? I've been crucified with Christ. Christ now lives in me. So what is this desire? Is it my own desires? Or is it God's desire? Well, if I practice the presence... I will not miss. I will be in God's perfect peace all the time. And that's what we want. We want to be there where God can express His life through us. You know, the vine, the vine and the branches. The vine expresses its life through the branches. And the branches bear the fruit. The branches doesn't produce the fruit. The vine produces the fruit. But the branch bears the fruit. But where does the fruit come from? It's the vine that produces the fruit through the vine. God's expressing His life through us and we bear the fruit. It's not what we want, it's what God is expressing. Alright. Let your mind stay. Let your mind stay. Baptizu your mind into Him whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. It takes something from you to experience God's presence all the time. There's a lot of sacrifice. Because that the things that you would have normally liked to think about, you choose not to. Now you only think, my mind stay on Him, or nothing else. I'm not trying to be super holy or super religious or any of that. Please, we, we don't live, Christ lives in us. You have the mind of Christ, so use it for the right purpose. Let your mind stay. Practice my presence. Let your mind stay on Him and you will have perfect peace. Next time, so I asked God, make it practical, what can I do? Uh, about six weeks ago, I had this experience. I was, uh, I, I was wakened at about half past one in the morning and the presence of God was there. I didn't try to get in it. It was there when I opened my eyes. And the presence was there. And immediately the tears were flowing and I was so aware of his presence. And I sat up straight in the bed and uh, all tiredness left me. Uh, I wasn't tired. I was so wide awake as can be. And I was sitting upright in my bed and I didn't want to wake my wife so I didn't switch on the light. But I sat there and I, I was just crying in God's presence and I just sensed him. And for three hours the presence of God was so intense that I couldn't move. I was just plastered to that Whoa, I was sitting there and I said, Father, please never let this go away. Never let this go away. 
And that changed my life. It catapulted me into a deeper experience of him. It changed everything. You know, everything is different. God creates a hunger in people. And the purpose of that hunger is to draw you closer. That's drawing your mind closer, not your spirit. Your spirit is already one with him. He's drawing your consciousness closer to him. So he's drawing you inwards. And the moment you are there and you feel so satisfied, and you feel, then he, he, he makes you hungry again. And it's a continuous thing. And it's, and, and it's a glorious thing to be always hungry. Hungry for God. Hungry for more. Because as he fills you, there's a new hunger that's coming. Because he's preparing you to change this world. You're a son of God. You're going to set, you're going to liberate creation. You can't do it without the presence of God. Do you think the way that we live now, currently we have enough to liberate creation? I see, many times I see people that are sick and something that happens to people and I feel so powerless when I realize I can't do anything about this. But Jesus can. Okay? And just allow him to live through you. That's the thing. Next time, before you get out of bed in the morning, before you get out of bed, before you go to the toilet, for a second, say, thank you, Father, for your presence. Amen. And if you forget, don't worry. Maybe you, you, you remember when you were busy on the toilet. Get back into bed and start over. Practice. So next time, when you wake up and you look at your wife next to you, ask God to love her through you. It's different to what you would have done. It's different. And you know what? She wakes up with such an amazing experience of God's love. It's different. Let me tell you, that changes somebody. I've seen that. I've seen it. All the answers are in you. But you need to give attention. You need to give attention to those things. Okay. So next time, when you say good morning to your wife, just before you say that, just, just before you say hello to your wife, just say, Father, I'm listening. Try that. Instead of saying, Father, bless my wife, Father, do this, Father, do that. Instead of giving God a, a whole list of things that God must do for you because God is your gopher. gopher. Go for this and go for this. No, no, no. Don't order God around. Say to him, Father, I'm listening. Just do that. You know what will happen? He will speak to you. And if you just do what he tells you, 
you will see something different happening. When you brush your teeth in the morning, I dare you to look at Christ in the mirror. I dare you. Don't look at your dear Makara Hara. For a moment, look a little bit deeper than what you see on the surface. For a moment, look right through the eyes and see Christ incarnate in you. See the Son of God, the Anointed One, seated inside of you. Look a little bit deeper. This is how you continually exercise your mind to, 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 to be on the things above and not on the things on the earth. So keep on, keep on keeping on. Just continue. Just if you forget, forget it, don't worry. Just do it again. Just continue with it. Okay? Next time when you touch the doorknob to leave home, when you take, take the front door and you turn the knob or turn the key to go out, for a moment just pause and say, Thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you for your presence. When you get into the car, thank you, Father, where are we going? Thank you for your presence. Make God part of everything that you think. That is having the mind of Christ. Okay? That's using the mind of Christ. Realize in Him you live and move and have your being. You exist only in Him. I am in the great I am. Amen. And I'm one with Him. I'm one with Him. This is about maturity. You know, you said I gave apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints. So, verse 15 to speak the truth in love that they may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Christ is the head. We need to grow up into the head. Which is Christ's mind. That's growing up. Having Christ's mind. Realizing that every thought that I think originates from the life of Christ. Not from myself. You know, when God wants to reveal his, his reality, it's happening in a certain order because God um, establishes that order. In Philippians 2 verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All of you know those scriptures. We know those scriptures, don't we? Yeah. Are, are we allowing his mind to be in us? All the time? Well, most of the time. But, but God wants you to, to have his mind and his thinking about stuff. So God's order to reveal stuff is from your spirit to your soul to your body. Now I want to read uh, this same scripture that we started off with in Colossians chapter 3. I want to read it to you in the mirror translation. It's very good. And uh, you can really... Get yourself one of those Bibles. It's good. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, 
See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Here, in your mind, mentally, relocate yourself. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of, his, of God's right hand. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul-ruled realm. Your union with his death broke the association with that world. See yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ and God. The unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that what is evident in him is equally mirrored in you. The exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us. We are included in the same bliss and joint oneness with him just as his life reveals you. Your life now reveals him. Isn't that beautiful? Do you want to reveal him? It's only possible if your mind is stayed on him. Only way for it to happen. No other way. Okay. The Bible says we must acknowledge him. And even the Old Testament, in Proverbs 3, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The, the, the Passion Translation says, Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Because intimacy is oneness. It's becoming one with him. Now, this is not only in prayer during or during meditation, but every moment of the day. I found that the moment I started doing this, it just continued to become more and more and more. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, he says, uh, verse, uh, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. So what is pray without ceasing? Afrikaans, bid zonder opo. So how do you pray without stopping? You can't pray the whole day uh, in the traditional way where you tell God what you need. You can't do it the whole day. So that's not what he's talking about. You know what the key word in prayer is? Is to listen. To listen. Don't you want to pray God's will over your life? He knows best. So if you listen, you are praying. Because you can't pray if God doesn't say. Now, what's the point of praying without faith? Let me ask that. What's the point of praying without faith? It's pointless to pray without faith. Don't you agree? But faith comes by hearing. So how will you get faith for something? By listening. So the moment God speaks, you have faith. Because God said so, and because God said it, it can return void. That's why I can speak it. That's why when I pray something that God said it cannot return void, it will be done. And that's why he meant, in, 
the scripture that we took this morning, John 14, 14, where he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will give to you. But in my name is being immersed into his reality. That's what it meant. It meant when, when I'm in him and I don't live, and it's his reality that's pulsating and living through me, and when I, I speak then, it is because I listened to him and I do exactly what my father says because I have said nothing except what my father told me. I only pray what my father tells me. That is abiding in Him. That is praying in His name. To pray in the name of Jesus doesn't mean to say in the name of Jesus. It does not mean using these words in the name of Jesus. It doesn't mean that. It means in the character and the authority of Jesus. When do you have character and authority to speak a word? When you heard what He said. That's when. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, it's, it's when you say something that he said to you. Because there's faith involved, because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. It's simple. But it's powerful. We need to exercise that. Exercise your mind on the things above. Keep your mind in perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Man, man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is bread? Bread is self-effort. Yeah, you live from your self-effort. All of you. Because you work somewhere. That's your effort. And you earn money from that. So you live from bread. But you can't live from that alone. But you live from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus says in John 24, he says, I have food that you do not know of. What is that? To do the will of the, the Father. How does he know the will of the Father? He listened. That's how he knows the will of the Father. So the moment you hear the will of the Father, you speak the words of the Father, and that creates life because his words, the words that I speak to you, John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you is spirit and life. And the moment you speak words that are life, it creates. But where does it come from? Where is the source? Is it something that you just made up in your mind and you decided this, what, this is what I want to create? No, it's not. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So I speak something that I heard, and when I speak something that I heard, there's power in that. Pray without ceasing. How do I pray without ceasing? Continuously listen to God. And just say what he's saying. There's only words that can return void. It's what he said. Okay, I'm closing with this. You know, this guy Elijah, he said, it will not rain until I say so. Remember? And it did not rain for three and a half years. But if you look at scripture, you will find that actually... It was God that told him to say that. Okay? I'm just going to save some time. I'm not going to go in all of that. Let's go to 1 Kings 19, verse 11. He says, um, no, let me just give you the background. Elijah comes and he is doing what God tells him to do. He's um, challenging the Baal prophets. 
And then after fire came down from heaven and consumed the altar, he killed 400, 400 Baal prophets and 450 Assyrian prophets. 850 prophets were killed that day. And the fire came from heaven and big rain came because of his word. And then one sentence was, was said to Elijah and he started running. For one second, the, the first words that you listen to that did not come from God will take you out of his presence. And he started running. He ran and he ran. And he got so tired that he sat under a bush and an angel brought him a muffin or a, some cake or something to eat. And he went in the power of the spirit from that thing that he ate for 40 days and 40 nights. The moment he, he, he listened to God again, supernatural stuff come back. Now listen to this. He says there, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And that's where God is. Not in all the powerful manifestations on the outside. Still small voice. And the moment you repeat what that still small voice says to you, it is not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And there's something supernatural happening. And that's what God wants us to do, and what we need to live by. We must be transformed by renewing of your mind. I love what Joel Goldsmith wrote. He said, I'm not my body. If you are looking at my body, you would be seeing only a form, a body. Now look a little deeper, look right up through my eyes. Behind these eyes, there is the Son of God, the presence of God, the Christ incarnate, which is my hidden manna and my, and my secret of life. My secret of life, practicing His presence, listening to the still small voice. Forget about the outside. Forget about the outside. Look at the inside. When you look at the inside, and from the inside, you look at somebody else. You know him in the spirit. Then it's easy to love him. Some people are, are impossible to love on the outside. But you can love him on the inside. When you flow from the spirit of God. And you have God's perspective because you were immersed into his reality. And you practice my presence, says God. And keep our minds set on him. In oneness is your sustenance. John 4.32 I have food that you do not know of. I have food that you do not know of. Where's my food? You know that uh, guy called the Laneral Kirby? Anybody heard of him? He didn't eat for three years. And he was interviewed by some Eastern religion lady. The church didn't want to have anything to do with Kirby because they thought he's of the devil. And that's what the church does. They don't know the power that God put, the fullness that God put in them. 
And they judge everything on the outside. And this lady of this Eastern religion, she asked him, how is it possible not to eat for three years? How is it possible? And he said, it's simple. Man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's the truth. That's the truth. People, nothing is impossible. But if you don't believe it, it's difficult. It's very difficult. I just want to close with these 10 things. Uh, it's been mentioned quite a few times, but I want to repeat it tonight because it just became something uh, I focus on more and more now the last few weeks. Every day I started repeating that. For a long while I did meditate on that every day because God told me back then a few years ago, He said to me, these 10 things, if you keep on meditating on them, it will change your world and it can also change the world. I said, okay. And these are the 10 points, but um, then at some point I stopped doing it. I know some of you actually meditated on them and the will of you continue to do that every day. Not everybody. So I stopped Stop doing it. And after I got the stats from God a few weeks ago, it just, came by myself. it just came by itself, you know. I didn't try to do it, it just came. The first thing that came up, the first point, number one, is I and my Father are one. Number two, everything that belongs to Him belongs to me. Number three, wherever I stand is holy ground. Number four, all of creation conspires together to serve me and to bless me. Number five, His grace is sufficient to me. Number six, do all things as Christ and unto Christ. Number seven, all negative things are impossible. Only believe. Why? Because God already fixed everything. There's not supposed to be negative things. Only believe it doesn't exist. When sickness comes, say, no, it does not exist. It's not true. It's a lie because Jesus died for that. Okay, number eight, every relationship is an assignment. Number, number nine, think more about the kingdom than anything else. Number ten, be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. Now those things, if you really do them, it will change your life. And it will give you a consciousness of God. So I want to practice my presence, says God through your mind. That's what I want to do. I want to practice my presence through your mind. Because your mind is the only gateway for my presence that's in your spirit to manifest in this body realm. And that's my desire. Let's close your eyes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if anybody wants to be in his presence continuously, if you really, really want, I, I, I really don't want you to, to stand up because somebody else is standing up, or I don't know what you might think, but it doesn't matter. The thing is, if you really, really want it, if you really want it and you want God to help you, so that you can practice my presence 
through your mind. If you really want it, stand on your feet. Isaac. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Father. I just want you to stand there right where you are and, and forget about other people, forget about, for, forget about the lies and everything else. You know, there can be two people standing next to each other in worship and one can have an experience with God and the other one can worry about other stuff. It's not God that doesn't want you to experience it. It is where your focus is. So you can stand here tonight and say, okay, I'm standing because everybody's standing and I don't really care. But if you really want to experience God's presence, you need to put your mind on Him. Forget about yourself. Forget about everybody here wants this. I know it. How can you live without His presence? In the presence, there is no sickness. In the presence, there is no death. In the presence, there is no lack. So God wants you to experience this. So right where you are, I'm going to shut up now. But just before I do, I just want you to focus on Him for a moment. Please, don't let this opportunity to experience His presence pass over. You need to experience God. And some of you will even have an encounter with Him if you really surrender your mind, your thoughts to Him. Thank you, Jesus. This is focus on Him. Thank you, Father.